0: Christ was born. His gospel is peace, change shall he break.
1: This Advent season, we are addressing the question, why Christmas? In a culture that is increasingly moving away from our Christian heritage, there are so many people who are going through this Christmas season with virtually no thought to why we even celebrate Christmas at all. It's December the 9th. And people have already been shopping and decorating and baking and planning family dinners. But where's Christ in their Christmas? And when all is said and done, people will come to December 26th and they'll start to put things away. They'll throw the trash away. They'll eat up the leftovers from the Christmas dinner and they'll fall down in their chair and say, I am so glad that's over. Christmas is just exhausting. With no thought at all to why we even do it. Why? Christmas, why all this time, why all this effort, all this energy to celebrate the birth of a baby that many people don't even believe in? As Christians, as followers of Christ, we need to be able to answer that question. And we can't just say, well, it's the birth of Jesus. Because as I just said, many people don't even believe in Jesus. So why do they want to celebrate his birth? They need to know why we need Christmas. There's an old Christmas song that says, we need a little Christmas. Well, I contend we need a lot of Christmas. And as I turn to Luke, Luke 2, 10 to 11, there are four answers to the question, why Christmas? And we talked about the first one last week. And I want to talk about the second one this morning. Let me read this to you. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. For I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, last week, we learned that Christmas casts out fear. The first thing the angel said to the shepherds was, do not be afraid. And when our hearts are filled with Christ, our lives need not be filled with fear. This morning, I want to go a step farther and tell you that Christmas dispels disappointment. Christmas dispels disappointment. The world into which Jesus was born, I told you last week it was a fearful world. It was also a very disappointing world. The people of Israel would look back on their past and they would see the glory days with King David and King Solomon when Israel was one of the greatest nations in the world. And now they were little more than slaves to the Roman Empire. They were an occupied nation. They had no freedom to do what they wanted to do. They could only do what the Romans would allow. How far had they fallen? And there was also the disappointment with God. Every time they went to the synagogue to worship, they heard about the prophecies of the coming of the Christ, of the Messiah, of a Savior, of the one who is going to change everything. Their great-great-grandparents had heard it. Their great-grandparents had heard it. Their grandparents had heard it. Their parents had heard it. And now they hear it. But it doesn't ever seem to happen. And each generation felt the disappointment that we didn't get to see the Christ. And so when the angel appears to the shepherds and says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, things change. The angel is telling them that which you have waited for is here. And it's not just here, it's in your backyard. Jesus didn't come in some foreign land where they would just hear about it. Jesus had come right there in their own town of Bethlehem. Their disappointment was ending. Life was hard and hope was in short supply. But now they had Christmas. We're in pretty much the same situation today. Life is filled with disappointment, isn't it? Just about every day I'm disappointed by something or someone. Disappointment is defined as unhappiness from the failure of something hoped for or expected to happen. Just about every morning, Sue will ask me, what's your day look like? What do you have to do today? And I'll pull out my little book. And I know this dates me because I don't pull out my phone and check my calendar on my phone. I pull out my little date book. And I'll say, you know, I only got two things today. It's a light day. And she'll laugh, and I'll laugh, because we know that the two things in this book don't even come close to representing what I'll end up doing that day. My plans change often, and sometimes not for the better. Sometimes I end up having to do things I don't really want to do. Disappointment. I get disappointed sometimes with people. There are people you count on to do things or people you thought were going to be a certain way and they turn out to be different and you get disappointed. We get disappointed. uh, Those of you who are investing in the stock market right now, you might be a little disappointed. (laughs) Life is filled with disappointments. I had to deal with some disappointments a couple weeks ago. Saturday, December 1st, we had decided that we were going to go to a tree farm and cut down a Christmas tree. How many of you have ever done that? Gone to a tree farm, cut down your own tree. Several of you have. Well, we, we'd not done that. I'd always gone to the tree lot and bought one that somebody else cut down. But, you know, I've been inspired for years by Clark Griswold in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> And I'm thinking, I got to go do this at least once myself. So we had a great morning here at the countdown to Christmas. It was a lot of fun, but it was raining most of the morning. And my grandson kept asking me, are are we going to get to go get a tree? I, I think so. I don't know. Depends on the weather. But then before we were done, it stopped raining. The rain subsided. And we said, let's go. So our whole family, we went. Just before we got there, it started to rain again. But not, not much, just a little drizzle, not nearly enough to dim my enthusiasm for what we were about to do. So we got to the tree farm, we looked over, they have a selection of the trees up there by their barn, and you can choose what kind of tree you want, and then they tell you where to go to find that tree. And so we got our tree carts, we got our saws, and we headed out to get the perfect family Christmas tree. It seemed like with every step we took, the rain got harder. (laughs) It started to rain more and more. And then suddenly, there it was. You remember in Christmas vacation how they're standing in the tree goes, Boo! <laughs> Yeah, it's, it sort of did that, didn't it? I think it was the rain all over my glasses. I couldn't hardly see anything, you know, I'm trying to. Really what it was is Sue said, let's get that one. <laughs> okay you notice how you get less and less picky the harder it's raining it's like I don't care grab one any old tree will do Um, but no we found the tree we wanted and then it hit me like a revelation if I had one of those light bulbs it would have gone off you cannot cut down a Christmas tree without being on your hands and knees did I mention it had been raining all day I mean it was so muddy and sloppy and I'm standing there. I'm in my I bought new blue jeans. I'm in my new blue jeans. Thinking, really? Why weren't you smart enough to think about that and bring a tarp or something you could put down? But I didn't. But I was not about to let a little rain, a little mud deter me from getting my Christmas tree. Besides, I don't do the laundry. I don't care. <laughs> You know, it didn't really affect me too much. So here I am. I'm down on my knees, down on my hands in the mud, raising up branches and cutting down that tree. Once I get it down, I decide I ought to take off some of these little branches because, you know, I got to get my tree stand on there. So I saw off some branches. And then when I saw off those branches, I see something I had not seen before when it was standing there. The tree went like this. (laughs) Ooh, <laughs> right at the bottom, eep. just like that. Have you ever tried to put a straight tree stand on a tree trunk that goes, <sighs> I needed an engineer. I almost called Bill Bronson and said, I need an engineer to figure this one out for me. Now, mind, mind you, I'm still in the rain with mud all over me while this is all happening. But you know the thing is, when you cut down a tree, you can't put it back. I thought about it briefly. It's muddy enough, I could take this thing and go, boom, and, and then move on to the next one. But no, that's wrong, don't do that. So I, we get the tree, we haul it back, we, we get in the truck, we're heading home, and guess what happens? The sun comes out. Sun comes out. And it's mocking me for going out in the rain and getting all muddy to get a crooked tree. A few disappointments were in order for this event. But you know what? We got it home. After a great effort, I did get the tree stand on it. It leaned slightly to the right, but eh, who cares? (laughs) And once it was all covered with the lights and with the ornaments, I just stood back and looked at it, and I realized this is not just a Christmas tree. This is actually a symbol of my faith. This is why I bother to celebrate Christmas at all, because the tree itself represents the life that Christ gives us evergreen, eternal life. The ornaments represent all the good things that God gives me in my life, all the blessings. The lights represent the fact that Jesus is the light of the world, and he brings light into my darkness. And the angel on top represents the fact that someday I get to be with the angels in heaven. And all those disappointments just melted away because the tree was exactly what it needed to be. And, and it reminded me that that's what God does. He, would, he dispels disappointment. He can somehow take the, the unfulfilled hopes and dreams of my life and turn them into new hopes and dreams. He can take the adverse circumstances of my life and do something good with them so that I can look back and say, boy, that was hard. But yet, I wouldn't have this if I didn't go through that. He has a way of turning weaknesses into strengths and problems into possibilities because the Christ of Christmas dispels Disappointment. I hope we'll remember that. Because every day we're going to find disappointment. And if we're not careful, we let disappointment kind of start us on a downward spiral. We're disappointed. And then we get discouraged. And then we despair. And then that begins to disrupt all of our relationships our relationships with each other and our relationship with our heavenly father and that's why whenever i'm feeling those disappointments whatever the cause may be i give them over to the lord and say i don't know what to do with this but you do take it and when i know it's in his hands i know something good is going to come out of it. His word tells us that. It says, He works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Let me share a few other scriptures with you here. Romans 5.5 5 says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. Romans 5.5, 5, uh, that was Romans 5.5. 5. Psalm 22.5 says, they cried to you and were saved, and you they trusted and were not disappointed. Isaiah 49, 23 says, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Do you get the idea? I could do more. But I think you you understand that the disappointments of our lives can be transformed into something good if they're combined with our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope we'll do that. I hope in our own celebrations of Christmas, we keep our hearts focused on Christ. And when those disappointments come as they inevitably will, give them over to the Lord and allow the Christ of Christmas to dispel your disappointment. Let's pray. Father, I am grateful that you sent us Christ. We need him. We live in a world that thinks we don't. We live in a world that is fine celebrating a Christless Christmas. But just as you said from the cross, when you were dying there for our sins, they know not what they do. They don't know all the joy and peace that they're missing in their lives. They don't know all the fear that could be cast out. They don't know all the disappointments that could be dispelled if they truly celebrated the Christ of Christmas. Lord, I just pray that you bless us in this season. For some, it's a joyful time, a good time. Everything is going as they hoped and even better. But for many others, it's a hard time. It's a difficult time. It's a time they're just holding on to get through it. May they turn their hearts toward you, the Christ of Christmas, so that you can dispel their disappointment. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. To me, it's a very sad thing that a person could go through an entire Christmas season without Christ and then move into a new year knowing that it's going to be pretty much the same as the old year because nothing really has changed. We have the opportunity to make it different. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you've never received him as your Lord and your Savior, you can change everything by making that decision, by inviting the Christ of Christmas into your life, allowing him to cast out your fear, allowing him to dispel your disappointment, and living your life by faith in him. Each week we give you an opportunity. We're going to stand and sing a hymn of invitation. And I'm going to invite you to come if you are ready to receive Christ as your Savior. I would lead you in a simple confession of faith. I will pray with you and will prepare for you to be baptized and to begin living a life with Christ instead of apart from Him. Let's stand together. And we'll sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, number 184, verses 1 and 3.
0: E